0: When an animal trainer wants to train an elephant, he begins when that elephant is a baby. When an elephant is still a baby, the trainer uses a rope to tie around one of the elephant's legs to a post. The baby elephant struggles for hours, sometimes even days, trying to escape the rope. Eventually, the animal quiets down and accepts its limited range of motion. When the elephant grows up, it'll clearly be strong enough to break the rope. But by then it has learned that struggling is useless, and it will no longer even attempt to break the rope. The elephant has been trained. We sitting here are all trained elephants, and our trainers have been our rabbis, and Jewish leaders. Since the Holocaust, conservative and reform rabbis in America stopped preaching about God. And it's understandable. What could any rabbi say about God after the unthinkable tragedies that our people, my own grandparents included, suffered? I hold no blame toward the great rabbis who came before me. But the result of decades of avoiding God has become a Jewish community of trained elephants. We don't think that we can believe in God, certainly not the God of our prayer books, Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. But this high holiday season, all of us up here Through the preaching of the rabbis and the prayers of Cantor Josh and Colleen and the music of Tom and Julia, all of us are here with one goal, to show each and every one of you, even you, that your strength, your spiritual strength, your capacity for faith, the possibility of God in your life is far greater than you ever imagined. Rosh Hashanah is God's coronation day. It's on nearly every page of our machzor, the prayer books you have been holding in your hands all morning. But the words, God is king, may be the most uncomfortable words I could utter in this room. Every part of that three-word sentence is challenging. God, God is, God is king. The sentence is short, but the concept is unbearably uncomfortable. Both the gift and the difficulty with our religion is that it's thousands of years old. The Jewish prayer service is not filled with perfect words that match exactly with our 21st century thoughts and values. But those moments of space between what we are comfortable with and what our tradition gives us are the moments of the most potential. They hold within them thousands of years of tradition. They are imbued with the weight of generations of those who came before us. They challenge our thinking. They push us to places we wouldn't have found on our own. They are imperfect, and in their imperfection, we are challenged to dive deep into the well of meaning. The prayers you are listening to and reciting today are filled to the brim with imperfect metaphors. Of course they are imperfect, they are written by human beings, metaphors that our ancestors have been developing for thousands of years as they observed their world and formulated truths about it. The truths today are the same, but the world we inhabit and observe could not be more different. A metaphor like king that for our ancestors evoked the power of majesty and awe today strikes us as confining and patriarchal. And so we have two options. We can walk away altogether. We can search for a system filled with more perfect metaphors, searching in Eastern religions or New Age spirituality for a spiritual path that resonates more easily with our observations of the world today. If you are sitting here today, you haven't made that choice, at least not fully. Something, a tie toward tradition or family, has brought you into your seat this Rosh Hashanah morning, and I'm so glad you're here. Our second option is that we can check out. We can say, I am Jewish, culturally or familially, but I have no need for any of this God stuff. It's something I sit through until the rabbi finally stops talking and we can get to our family lunch. I'll call this apples and honey or challah and brisket Judaism. And I'd imagine that this one feels pretty true for many of us sitting in this room. I want to offer that there's a third option. Rabbi Toba Spitzer writes in her essay, God in Metaphor. She says, instead of asking, do I believe this we can ask of a prayer where is this trying to take me instead of asking do I believe this we can ask of a prayer where is this trying to take me you're here for whatever reason you have chosen to show up to Rosh Hashanah services this morning and many of you will be back next week for Yom Kippur you can choose to zone out for the remainder of the service, enjoying some nice music and doing your best to ignore the words on the page that make you uncomfortable or that you don't fully understand. But that isn't your only option. Instead of asking, do I believe this? We can ask of a prayer, where is this trying to take me? When our prayers evoke God as king, where is this trying to take me? What would it mean for me to step into a feeling that I am small compared to the vast power that runs through the universe? That I am humble standing in front of the vastness of the cosmos? When our prayers evoke God as Father, where is this trying to take me? What would it mean for me to step into the feeling that I am loved, deeply loved, loved and accepted and at home with an unconditional and infinite love that fills my body with light and energy. When our prayers evoke God of our ancestors, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, what would it mean for me to step into the feeling that I am rooted, deeply and firmly grounded in this place with an anchor that traces back through my parents and grandparents and great grandparents back 1,000 generations standing at Mount Sinai, standing before the very same God I stand before today. You may say to me, Rabbi, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a person of faith. But when were we trained to believe that we have no control over our own minds? David Kessler, author of Finding Meaning, The Sixth Stage of Grief, offers this thought experiment. And if you're with me, I invite you to play along. Could you all just take a moment and close your eyes? I'd like you to picture a big purple elephant Raise your hands when you have that image. You can open your eyes. I just changed your thoughts. I made hundreds of people in this room think of a purple elephant. We do have the power to change our thoughts. I know, it's a little silly, but it's also true. We are dynamic. Our minds are elastic and have such incredible power to expand and embrace new challenges. Why couldn't our minds expand to include the possibility of faith? David Kessler continues on to say, imagine the thoughts of your mind as being like a garden. Whatever thoughts you water are the thoughts that will grow. You can choose to water the thought that you are not religious and therefore have no need for any of this God stuff. You can also choose to water the thought that you are dynamic that you have the opportunity before you to constantly be growing and changing and evolving, that you have an open mind that can expand to think something new today. Our theme for the High Holidays is Huyot, God's sovereignty. It's perhaps the most challenging theme we could have come up with, but we like a challenge. Instead of doing our best to look away from the themes that are screaming out to us from our high holiday prayer book, what would it look like to instead open up the words on the page and ask, where is this trying to take me? Over these next four days, Rosh Hashanah, Kol Nidre, and Yom Kippur come on this journey with us to explore together where is this trying to take me? It's not a question for you to have to answer alone. That's the gift of being here in community. Together, we will explore. (coughs) What does it mean to make God central in my life? Where is that idea trying to take me? What would it mean to live a life guided not by the next task on my to-do list, but guided by my deepest values, truth, transcendence, and meaning? The idea of God as king may be uncomfortable, but part of the reason that is, is because we think the choice is between God ruling over us or us being free. But the truth is, there is always something ruling over us, whether we acknowledge it or not. It could be our drive for money, or success, or fitness, or likes on social media, or fitting in or being the perfect mother like the ones you see on Instagram, or the thoughtless drudgery of just getting through the day until you come home and numb yourself in front of a screen. The goal of the High Holidays is not to subvert our freedom. The goal is to open our eyes to the reality that each and every day we are being ruled by something. The gift that Judaism gives us is the moment to pause and with thoughtfulness and intention to say, I choose for my life to be ruled by my most essential values, because that's what it means to coronate God as sovereign in your life. To say that with everything pulling me away, with billions of dollars spent on advertising, trying to get me to give over my life to somebody else's agenda and profit, I choose the radical choice. For my life to be guided by God, by my Judaism, by my love of my family, my drive to make this world a better place, by a search for what gives my life meaning. We are constantly told to put ourselves first, but what if instead you put yourself second and really thought about what you want to put first in your life? What values? What aspirations, what guiding force can you put first in your life to live a life of deeper meaning and intention? And if you find yourself checking out, thinking, this is too uncomfortable, I'm just not religious, maybe you can bring your mind back to the elephants. Tell yourself, I'm not a trained elephant. My strength of mind, my capacity to think something new, even just for the four days that I'm sitting here anyway, I might as well try. Shana Tova.